0: Hey, Alex Terry here. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. We are here to discuss all about leadership, thinking and behaviours. We are here to talk about how to transit from control-command leadership to more inspiring leadership with high influence and trust. We are going to deep dive into three components of leadership and performance. Cognitive, emotional and behavioural. And talk about how mastering our mind and thinking will actually change our action and results. Our thoughts are powerful, trust me. They determine how you feel, your decisions and actions. Your thoughts are one of the most powerful tools you will ever have in changing your life and career. By mastering your thinking, emotions and behaviors, you will create greater results for yourself, for your family, friends, or your team. Focusing on thinking, feeling, and acting will improve your confidence, of course, reduce stress, and empower you and the others around you, inspire and improve engagement in your team or collaboration, and of course, create high performance. I hope you will enjoy our episodes. And please don't forget to comment or contact us, please ask questions, please send us ideas of what topics you are interested in and we will discuss anything you need. Have a beautiful day. Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for tuning into my podcast. Today I have a very special guest here and uh, someone that works in very, very similar field as myself, means is, I'm very, very excited that we can have this amazing leadership and culture conversation. And let's see, whatever we will, you know, cover today. Uh, I would love to welcome John Barclay from Barclays. I hope I pronounced that correctly, but I will probably give you a little bit of space to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you and your background.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Hello, everyone. And thanks for having me on. It's, it's great to take the opportunity to share like-minded Thinking. So, looking forward to having a conversation today. So, yeah, John Barclay, I'm a leadership coach for about the last 20 years and started my company, Barclays, back in 2018. And, you know, we work with lots of different organizations around helping leaders understand their role and and what they do. And, you know, I've been privileged enough to have traveled the world and helped many leaders in many different countries in different contexts so I feel like I've got a reasonably good amount to share but always learning and that's why I like talking to people like yourself because it's a good chance to learn.
0: Yeah thank you so much John And, and that's exactly why we probably connected and we talked together because we are all lifelong learners and I'm learning I will be learning from you as well today I'm sure. And and I love that uh when I was looking at your website and, and what you stand for, and when we have conversation last time, you know, we are very aligned with values and how we actually see the leadership itself. Mm. And both of us basically understand that it all starts with leadership and who we are, who we truly are, and how we actually make people feel. And I think that's when the conversation started that actually what is more important, right? Like it's it's going back to Simple things and back to basics uh, that we are all human beings and we all want to be heard, seen, understood, and we want to feel good around people. Like that that's that was my major kind of uh, point. I said, no, you need to come, you need to have this conversation because it is so important. Like, yeah, I really appreciate that you're here. It's it's really nice to have you. And I will probably just start from perspective of leadership because it's so. The word is overused right now, right? Like it's all about leadership, leaders. Uh, first part after COVID was blaming leaders, how bad they are, and I think it was a lot, you know, just talking and blaming. And and I feel today is time to to go back to to simple to basics. And I really think, okay, what leadership is and why we talk about that so much. What do you think?
1: Yeah, you're right. It's 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 a very common topic it's it's a word that's thrown around a lot yeah. now and you know for me leadership is about behaviors that we have right it's you know it doesn't come with a title or anything the assumption is because I've got a position and I've got a title where I look after teams or I look after people it automatically makes me a leader well well no you've got roles and accountabilities and managerial responsibilities leadership's actually about relationships and about people and how you build those and I think uh, it's becoming more topical because we are becoming more aware about how important it is to create a workplace where people have a positive experience and people can actually thrive and be themselves and contribute in their own unique way and people are amazing they've got amazing strengths they've got amazing contributions and different perspectives and I think sometimes without really good understanding of our role as a leader, we can we can stifle that a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And that will be probably just uh, going back to what you said, because it's, it's, it's amazing exactly. And I, I believe it's because we started to realise that how important it is to have better relationships, better experience from work environment. But when you think about before COVID probably and after because I know there's a lot of changes like I can see it every every day what is happening and I know the market is crazy you can see what is happening in you know recruitment space as well but what do you think what what do you think it was like a major change uh, from perspective of leadership and what is required yeah. <laughs> I love, that's, a uh, <laughs> that's a big question
1: that's a big question I I think the first point around people being In lockdown and having to work from home and try and keep some form of normality going while not able to come to a workplace i think tested people around well what does it really mean to have relationships with people right and it for me some of the things i noticed was leaders saying but i we're still having our meetings they're just online and i'm like okay but normally if you're in a workplace you would." Have more casual conversations. You just walk past someone's office and say hello and good morning and have a conversation. How are you checking in with people? And I think what I've noticed after COVID is leaders have become probably more conscious about those subtleties we do with team members and, and our people and being more deliberate about it and understanding the value of having those connections with people beyond just having a meeting. To talk about what we need to achieve it's actually yeah. there's, there's some social engagement that is very important for us and after covid some have maintained that working balance of working from home and yeah going back to the office but i think leaders people in leadership roles have started to understand it's important to be very deliberate about what we're doing to stay connected
0: yeah I love that word. Yeah, it's definitely being deliber- deliberate about like what we do, how we relate to each other, mm-hmm. how we relate to people. And yeah, that's that's talking straight away processes and systems in place, you know, how to connect, how to stay connected, I guess. That will be probably simplifying that. And uh, what do you think? Because I, I, I noticed that uh, when we go back to industrial age, right? Like we had this command control leadership. It was very normal. And it was good for that age. I believe that was exactly what was required, right? Like we were uh, having that type of education, we had that type of leaders. We were just we just used to it. We used to work that way, right? Like having our forty-five minutes or one hour or five hours of work. After that, having break, <laughs> looking forward to our break, <laughs> yeah. and and it became you know slowly robots. But I I believe what ch- changed that people. Because we were so busy. Everyone was probably, you know, before COVID. I I just feel like maybe that's supposed to happen from perspective of what we were doing. We were just doing, 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 doing. And we were working so hard. Everybody was chasing something. And after that, it was like this pause for for two years or more, right? And it was that reflection time, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. Realizing that, I don't know if that was the same for you, but that realization that, there is more in this life. Like there is more for us. There is more to take care of There is There, there are more important things than just profits and KPIs. I'm, I'm still saying that, yes, that's important. I'm not saying it's not because yeah. I have business to run, <laughs> but yeah. I
1: guess, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the important thing that you said in there was, you know, we, we've been conditioned for a long period of time of, this command and control routine structure and that come from the industrial revolution of manufacturing and processing where you know, we needed these sequence of events to be very productive and be very sequent orientated. It required less innovation at the frontline workforce. Yeah. It was just follow the process. So the command and control worked pretty well for that. And that's the way our education system was set yes. up. Yeah. To, to prepare us for that and get that mindset going. But as we get into this information revolution, you know, it's more, it's more open. Like we need to be more curious about what the possibilities are. And you're right, yeah. we still need to measure things. We still need to monitor yeah. what success is and do we know we're getting there. It's just not as rigid and um, it's just not as rigid and probably automated as it used to be we probably need to be quite yeah constructive in what we're measuring and what and why we're measuring it and what does it yeah. mean to people
0: yeah I think that's that's really true what you just say and I think that's the most important part when we go to qualitative measures right because that's that's what is still very hard to grasp you know for some people they still don't understand and it's okay because we haven't been learning that for you know ever for some people they never have you know any psychology uh, subject in the school that means it's it's really hard right just to think about that how we can measure empathy how we can measure collaboration how we can measure actually emotions and thinking and it is new concept it's still new concept for a lot yeah. of people and and I love what you said I just really understand what and why we're going to measure that means having these qualitative measures connected to some quantitative measures or Objectives or outcomes, and understanding why we measure those outcomes, and also, you know, goals and KPIs. Everything changed from perspective. Yes, it is about financial KPIs, but how we can connect it to outcomes that will inspire people. It's like all this new art of leadership there. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I will probably ask you because I know you have a lot of experience, and uh, I would like to kind of see what experience we have what we think both of us and what is the experience from our clients or people we're talking every day what do you feel like is the major thing that is coming up as a challenge for leaders
1: there's probably a few I, th- I think probably the most common one we're talking about is just how diverse we're becoming right so we you know we're a very diverse society and what that creates for a challenge for leaders is everyone's everyone's individual needs and motivators are different. So learning to understand how to listen and how to really understand individuals' motivations and, and change your leadership style based on what people need from you is probably the biggest challenge I hear. You know, people we have our own personality as a leader and we have our own sort of default. Yeah. Just communication styles and those sorts of things. And when, when you need to adjust that for someone, it can be very difficult. And yeah, I think leaders struggle with that. I think the other one too is over the years we've become a lot of our standards and what's required in the workplace is heavily regulated. Right. I mean, I specialize quite heavily in the safety with organisations so yeah. or really help them understand their risk and how to engage people around safety. And because it's heavily regulated, it can become very compliant orientated. It can drive leaders to just do things because they have to do them. They haven't really yeah. understood why they're doing them. And then they wonder why we don't get good engagement and really good consultation happening because yeah. we're just following the process rather than actually using the process as an engagement and consultation process. So I think the compliance regulation stifles leaders sometimes. And I also think the fact that we're extremely a diverse society makes it very challenging for people to understand the differences that come with that.
0: Yeah. I love what you say about communication because i, I was I was just finalizing finalizing last week the communication course separately because i I found that, communication, not only knowing tonality, voice, body language, it, that's the basic, right? But but understanding people's styles. And I know you do DISC as well, uh, probably with your clients. And I love DISC, right? Like when we, when we talk about extended DISC, from perspective of how amazing you can use this tool in work environment and learn as a leader to understand people, but understand yeah. yourself as well, because we know what are our strengths and how we communicate, you know, most of the time. And I had this conversation all the time especially when, when I work with CEOs and CEOs for example they work really closely together and usually you have those you know that the energies we usually CEO most of CEOs are the energy dominant energy and now they try to communicate with CEO or, or any other leaders you know senior leaders and there's these massive gaps when people coming like oh my God like this person is so bold and rude and demanding and and basically all these like negative feelings and people feel they're attacked or they become defensive, you know, to respond to that type of leader. And it's not a bad leader. It's just that that communication style. First of all, they are not aware of that. Yep. And they don't know how to adjust it because they don't understand what behavioral style people around them are, right? And it's such a simple tool, such a simple thing to do. And, and it actually creates magic, it creates totally different work environment. And it's it's a really simple way to do it. And that's why when you say that, I was like, yes, I saw on your website the, the, the four elements, and I said, Yeah, I'm sure you do this. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, it is, it's powerful because self-awareness and social awareness are just key. Yeah. Right? So as we said, leadership's about relationships. So yeah, <laughs> you've got to understand yourself and how people see that. And what others communication styles are. and and you're right when you get a very dominant style like a d that's very right. results orientated very fast thinking doesn't necessarily put as much awareness to or, or concentration to the detail yeah someone that's a high c who loves detail loves process and feels like they're not being valued because yeah. You know, we're not considering all the level of detail that it takes to execute something. And when people understand those differences then they understand why sometimes we have to be more deliberate with our communication. Yes. Circumstances. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I love what you said. It's so important. And uh, it just made me think about something when you say that, um, you know, simple thing like acknowledge someone's work we don't need to do it probably for the energies or I energies we are all happy right <laughs> but yeah. when you have exactly when you have that c style you know that very analytical mind the most important part for them to get an acknowledgement for work you know but then why you don't give them when you actually the the, the work they do it's, it's very valuable especially yeah. for for me style (laughs) when i'm not putting too much too much uh, attention to details that's why i have to have all the energies around me (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah.
0: it's it's amazing i think that's why i love leadership work in general because it's all about human beings it's about the relations you know how we relate to each other and i don't know if you get a lot of questions like uh from the perspective when we talk about challenges and problems i I always get a question about how I how can I motivate people? And I just want them to do what they should do. I don't want to tell them every day, right? Because leaders naturally want to move away from command control. They don't want to micromanage. They really want to just see people to do stuff, right? And and don't tell them every day because it's really tiring. Do you do you have a lot of lot of leaders coming that with the same problem?
1: Look, you're right. I think I think that's probably another fairly common conversation we get into is how do I how 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 do I motivate my team? Or what I probably hear coming back a lot is how many times do I have to keep telling them? <laughs> yes. You know, how many times do I have to keep telling them? And and I'm like, well, maybe that's a part of the problem, is it's all about telling them, you know, rather than actually having a conversation yeah. about it. So fundamentally, what what the struggle for a leader is, I guess what the challenge for a leader to embrace is. There's an outcome you want to get to. There's an objective you want to achieve. How do you have a meaningful conversation with individuals to get them connected as well to that objective? And depending on the personality type you're dealing with, it could be all about the success of achieving something and and the pride that comes with achieving something. And that could be enough to connect it. It could be the excitement of learning something new to get to that goal, you know. Imagine the growth you're going to have stepping into this new activity and explore it and learn and research. Uh, It could be about the teamwork that has to come to getting it done. So it's understanding the individual you're dealing with and how do you connect them to the journey of achieving the objective. And I think we underestimate that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's, uh, That's taking me to That environment we are creating as a leader right like because what you what you say is is already the action and behavior we have and I know you're focusing a lot on behaviors but also what do you think is before because I have like a theory behind like what is actually before behavior like what what we actually need to do or what we need to maybe fix or change or focus on you know to get actually behaviors that will give us the best results
1: yeah yeah and as you and I spoke about last time, there's a few different models around, but fundamentally behaviors come because we had a, a decision made, you know, so what are we thinking? You know, what's yes. Yeah. what's the process going behind the decision-making that's coming with that, that gets framed from a few different things. It can be environmentally yeah. affected by what's going on around us and yeah. what's happening, but it can come from the beliefs we have as well. So Thinking into our own individual beliefs; those beliefs have generally come from some core values that have sat there for a long time. And yeah. and unless we really start to understand those those different drivers, the thoughts yeah. people have, the thinking patterns they get into, the beliefs they have around things, or we can talk about that as the bias that people yeah. have around certain things, and what do they value the most, then you're really not going to get that connection, that motivational intrinsic drive to actually doing something versus an extrinsic carrot stick yeah. model that you know we've got to actually put a carrot out there for them to be motivated. That can work short term and that's why I think a lot of a lot of previous managerial styles hang on to that. Yeah. It's quick, it's easy. Put a carrot out there, we achieve it, we give them the carrot. If they don't achieve it, then we give yeah. them a- two carrots. To do. It's very <laughs> easy to do and Term, but it's not it's, damaging culturally.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's very it's not sustainable in general because that's basically when you have those problems when people coming back to you and they are negotiating salaries, they want more, and you know when you have thousands of employees and if that happens, that you, yeah. you have a lot of things to do, right? And it it becomes messy. And uh, I think that's another you know another topic that there is a lot of uh, missing structures for collective achievement because we still have the structures and processes in place for individual um, reward and that is still promoting individualism instead of that collective thinking collective uh, you know vision and values behaviors values-based behavior Mm. and and really try to move the whole team you know as, as a team not just as an individual and I think that's that's another big task of every leader that like they need to change that. And I think that's the, the biggest thing that's starting with, with a point of what you just said, with thinking, with values, with beliefs.
1: I think the the other bit for those who are listening is just admit, I mean, sometimes leaders just got to admit, I actually got that wrong. Right. So yeah. I'll share a story here about me and, and my is You know, I was, I was a busy leader. I'm I'm doing a lot of work. I'm working in the business and on the business. So I went down the traditional path of setting up a a reward and recognition process around the work that we do, right? And it was about a year on, I started to notice the cultural norms that were coming with that. The focus was on how do we get to the reward? How do we get to the the financial, not actually what we're doing and why we're doing it.
0: Yeah. So getting something back. Yeah.
1: Yeah so it was all about striving for that extra payment or that yeah. extra, you know bonus or whatever that structure is. So I had to own that and I had to be really deliberate in unwinding it and it was a difficult time to to unwind that structure but you know a couple of years on now it's it's the best thing I did because now we're finding the intrinsic drive to what we do and why we do things.
0: I just I think it's so important i love I love what you're sharing because we all made mistakes. you know, I had a few different businesses and a few different structures as well how how I was actually you know driving my business or leading my business if that was leadership that time, probably not, but it's the same thing that i I try to be different and and i realized that when i got people on board we started to have this free culture and you know there is also the level of freedom you can give your team uh based on maturity and i didn't realize that because that time i didn't know you know the model that is actually something like maturity of the team and people and of course I realized that I can't just tell people make decisions about your salary, right? Make decisions about your holidays. Like it's just it's mess. Me being in stress and chasing because people just stop doing what they're supposed to do. That I means it was basically opposite of what I wanted to achieve. And it's interesting how when you how it how it goes when you start to understand that that people need to have still some kind of boundaries, healthy boundaries. But it's about them understanding each other, understanding what they're doing and what is the puzzle, what what their work actually is in that you know big whole team work. What does that mean? What they need to deliver and why? And why is that important for other people in the team as well? And all relations actually that solve the problem. You know, not even like a big changes, but but understanding people, their responsibilities and how they're influencing others in that work environment. And I think. That's, that's going back to communication and relations relationships and social awareness it's yeah. uh so important and oh so many mistakes i did as well we can yeah. talk about it others and others right well we
1: can and i think that's yeah. my main bit of advice to leaders is just to just to admit you don't always get it right and be humble yeah. and that's when you'll start learning. That's when you'll put the ego aside and have to justify why you did what you did and try and hold your ground and be, you know, no, no, no. I put that in place and that was my structure and that's what I, and I'm sticking to it. It's everything has unintended consequences. Sometimes we don't understand, like we do things with really good intent. And then in reflection we go, Oh, I didn't really expect that to be an outcome of that. And be honest and be open and say, "Hey, that I, I wasn't expecting that. That's really not what I'm I'm wanting. That's not really what we yeah. want to create. So let's change it. At the end of the day, you're the leader. You can change it. You know, and yeah. I think most of us get scared to change something, getting some results because we're scared that if we change it, will we get worse results? Right? And we tend to worry about us losing the results we're getting rather than the results that we may get." that yeah. are better than we'll get in before. So it's, it's being courageous enough to try some things, test and try, learn, understand, adjust, and keep yeah. moving.
0: Understanding that some people are really stressed when there is uncertainty or if there is change and understanding how how can you actually, with your leadership, you know, with your conversation, with your style, how you can actually support people to actually give them support to feel safe even in the times of uncertainty I think that's the that's another big task of, of leadership and, and that's coming with understanding the drivers motivators people's different styles and yeah I feel like we are going back to that and it's, it's it seems to be going through all conversation that understanding people is just the one a big outcome we have from this conversation <laughs> just understand your people and I, I love when we talk about beliefs and values and we kind of like just go went a little bit to a different way. But I was curious from perspective of uh, values because I noticed that a lot of companies have values. You know, they have written them on website. They are on the board somewhere. Almost every company now have values because that was something that someone says, if you want good, good culture, you need to have values. But I feel like it always ends up there. And there's not a lot of people that understand how to bring values in the day-to-day operations, you know, like to day-to-day demonstration of values-based behavior. And, and I feel like, is, is that is that struggle that you see? Because I see it everywhere. Like people have values, but they don't even remember them.
1: Uh, and if they do remember them, it's purely because they're being plastered up on yeah. a wall and it's a transactional remember they are, but not necessarily what they mean and how do they show up. You're right. It seemed like we went through this stage where if you don't have values, then you, you know you're not about to employ person. people. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the the most common thing I think people struggle with is if they're organizational values, they're not they're not personal values, right? And We're individual people. We have our own, as we said before, we have our own beliefs and values, right? And if we we don't take the time and deliberate energy to make connections between what the organisational intention is with those values to you as a person and your personal values, then they're always just going to be seen to be disconnected and not actually behave in line with what the organisation is driving unless we're constantly talking about them and making connections to what are we doing and how are we doing it and how does that live and demonstrate our values, if we're not actively exploring that all the time, then they're not a part of the way we do our work. They're just a poster on the wall. And when I started my company, all the team were like, oh, we should put our posters up on the wall. And I very deliberately said, I'm not putting any posters up (laughs) <laughs> around our values if we can't talk about them and learn what they are by talking about them well then they're not the right ones you know then, then we're missing something so you know I think the easy thing to do sometimes is to be very symbolic and put things up yeah and rely on that to be the driver of it when actually yeah. you is the leader to facilitate the connection what they are
0: I believe there is there is also the like the reason for having the visual. For me, it's actually, I like it. I put our values always on, on the wall, but yeah. but it's not, as you said, it's not enough, right? Like it's not that they are staying on the wall and that's it. Like yeah. that's just, just, they're just not right. I think from perspective of big organizations, when you have, for example, teams in different countries, branches in different countries, what I found there is big disconnection because it feels like organizations set up values for how our product looks like what like what we want to be known for but it doesn't have anything with real behavior inside of organization and teams they are working directly with customers and it's very big disconnection I don't know if you find out that it is working well for you but I what I do sometimes we do like a subcultures and we create team values of course they are aligned with organizational values but but we really try to find the words and wording and expression that can express better for the team that we are working with the values they are on or organizational level because sometimes people can't, can't connect with them, you know, like directly with the words and everything what they use on that organizational level. Is that something you do as well?
1: Yeah, it's definitely something I've probably done more of over the last few years is yeah. you know, get get the context right for the team. Yeah, exactly. Like really understand. So are you a operations or a delivery team like are you producing something oh, okay then so what are the values we need to raise to be good at yeah. that right to actually be really good are we a, are we a maintenance team or are we you know fixing things there for them well what yeah. are, are we client are we customer service orientated what's the context of the team and therefore then what are the values you need to live by to be really really good at that are you the finance team are you the hr team are you the mm-hmm. Safety team, you know, whatever team you are, you're right. We we spend more time now going, okay, well, the organisation has this overarching values, your intention for us to be aligned to, but there's never a massive distinction between what the team's talking about. You just have to do a quick check. Okay, so does that actually line up with whatever the, com- the organization's asking for? Well, yeah, it does.
0: And it usually does uh, it it is connection, you know that that's for sure. and and I love that that you are looking at that um differentiation of the you know team and what we what we doing, what is actually our role as a team? because yes, we collaborate all together, but getting the results in general from perspective of we have ten different departments you know or ten different teams, we need to have value, you know, transparent communication because it is starting to be enormous you know there's a lot of different different teams they need to talk to each other because they actually can solve problems better we are so disconnected but easy to connect but we don't do it because there is that missing gap of actually how we communicate the best as a people
1: yeah well the assumption is that all this technology is connecting us yeah exactly (laughs) but it's not but it's actually not because you know there's a difference between interacting which we can interact through different technologies.
0: Yes, a real connection.
1: Versus actually being with someone and connecting. Yeah. There's a big difference. We can interact better and further than we've ever been able to. But just because I'm interacting with someone in the US doesn't mean I'm actually connecting with them. But it doesn't necessarily mean I've made a connection because connection for humans is very social. I mean, how many times do you see teams communicating by email when they're actually sitting less than 10 meters from each other. And I can remember when it became more about using email from an organizational point of view, it was very clear around, well, how many times did I actually get it? How, How many times did I have to go and recover messages personally face to face because they misinterpreted the email? I always talk about that from an email perspective in business. The amount of times we try and send a message in an email and it causes problems. Yeah. But I think it yeah. goes back to the the original question you asked me about the challenges for leaders in a diverse workplace is it's also the, now the verbal language, you know, it's yeah. for my wife, English is her second language as well. And we get caught out still sometimes yeah. about the, the words being used with you know, we know in English one word can have many different meanings and it can yes. be used in many different <laughs> contexts <laughs> and we you know we can sit have a conversation and use use what seems like a really obvious you know word to, um terminology to be using but in the context it was a, it was a bit ooh, you know that that takes me back and I think we keep encountering more of that and that's why I keep saying it just Just be curious around how you're impacting people. Just understand, as long as you're doing everything with really good intent, just understand that that's always recoverable then. When you start doing things with malicious intent, they're not going to be done. They're not going to be recoverable. Leaders just need to be really good at understanding how words have different meanings and can be heard or read differently um and be prepared to recover it just be prepared to go yeah. back so that wasn't my intent on you know apologize this is actually what i meant and and be comfortable that that's okay to do that it doesn't it's not it's it's strength
0: yeah i agree uh, definitely strength and and uh, you know admit that we, we are not always right and we all make mistakes we are all human beings and i just i love the the communication art, you know and being more mindful with uh, with the, in the communication with anyone, you know, with your kids, with parents, with husbands, wives. It's just so important. I'll probably ask you if you have anything else or what you would like to add at the end and also where we can find you or how people can connect with you.
1: Yeah, great. Um what would I like to add at the end? God, oh, there's so much you can just go <laughs> I, know. I think um I think I'll end where our where I started and it'll be just stay open to learning. I, I just I, I think if we can just be open to learning and growing. It doesn't necessarily mean you can't hold on to what's important. It doesn't mean you've got to change everything that's happening, but just be curious and learn and grow and consider it before actually moving forward. And you know, I think when, when we get good at that, to be open, be curious, be considerate, and then move forward, we know we can do that with conviction and we can do that with strength and yeah. probably demonstrate what people are more associated with a leader that comes with confidence and comes with that presence that people sort of had that preconceived idea about leadership. Um, but if people want to reach out, look, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. People can find me on LinkedIn. Just just search John Barclay and and you'll you'll see me. Um, but you can also find us at Barclays with the double S. dot com and uh, yeah love talking to people about leadership i'm happy to talk to anyone about the challenges that they're facing and try and help
0: yeah that's really awesome and um, i'm looking forward to another one i hope we will have another conversation because i think it's uh it's very important to keep people keep things simple right and and learn and be open and i love that because it's raising the awareness you know and, and increasing our awareness about ourselves and others and i believe that will all just help us to have better, better companies, better businesses.
1: Yeah, and look, and I, I, thank you for reaching out and connecting, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to come and talk to you on here because we do have the same values yeah. of helping leaders. So you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good, good connection to have.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you very much, John, and uh, wish you a beautiful day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks.